Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today we are going to be talking contributor days. Um, we've got our panelists with us today. We've got Austin McDaniel. Austin, how's it going? How's it going, everybody? Happy Valentine's Day. We got Mike Brocky with us. Mike, what's going on? Not too much. How's everybody doing today? And our guest today, we got Stephen Fluin joining us. Stephen, how's it going? It's going wonderful. It's going to be a great day, I think. Awesome. And Tracy Lee. Tracy. Hi. How's everyone? Happy Valentine's Day. I already got my flowers. They match the Angular logo. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. So we've got our Valentine's Day edition show, right? Um, sharing a lot of love, I'm sure. Um, we're going to start off with a new segment here. We're going to do uh, what's called NG News. So we're going to give you kind of the latest rundown of what's happening in the week uh, uh, with Angular and, and the Angular community, and get those things kind of thrown out, and then we'll start the show. So um, first thing on the NG News, we want to uh, give a shout out about this Angular upgrade survey, 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 survey that we got going on. Um, put out, uh, let's see, we'll have to share the, the link, but it's uh, whlp.ly slash angular dash upgrade. And it's a survey that uh, is talking about, um, I think, challenges and things that people, maybe uh, Austin can jump in here. I think he took the survey. Uh, tell us what it's about real quick. Yeah, um, it's a survey basically for people that are using ng-upgrade um, so if you've got a big Angular JS app and you're using Angular, um, and uh, <laughs> he was coaching me on this earlier, um, and you're you're, you're you know you you've upgraded your app or you're looking to upgrade your app, it's a survey just kind of asking you know try, trying to feel out who's going with what approach and you know what are some of the challenges that you know if you have done it that you've ran into and what are some ways we can make it better. My reply to make it better was a magical tooth fairy-like uh, fairy that would come in and upgrade my app while I'm sleeping one night, but that wasn't an option on the survey. Sounds like extra contracted. <laughs> cool, cool. So if you're uh, in the process of doing that upgrade, uh, definitely go and fill out that survey. The team is looking at that. Uh, it's going to be a big help to guiding uh, ways that they can make that easier and more beneficial for you. So, Absolutely, because I mean, what, what ends up happening is there's thousands of people that are doing this process, and everyone's approaching it a little bit differently. So, so the better understanding of what's going on in the community, the better we can help and, and build out the tools and the support for those use cases. Cool. Cool, OK, so. Uh, in Angular, we've got a 2.4.7 is out, right? As well as 4.0.0 beta 7. Um, so that was the releases this past week or within a week. Uh, looks like there's going to be another beta coming this week. Uh, does that sound right, Stephen? Yep, that's right. When are we going to have an RC of Angular 4? Soon. I'm using this as a platform to <laughs> further my own agenda here. No, we, we absolutely, it's really important for us that everyone tests and uses the RC so we can get kind of public broad wide community validation. Um, and that's why we're trying to make sure that the RC is as good as possible before we, we cut that one. 
sounds like very generic stuff, but it's it's software. You you have to do it right. Do you and have then, a little? Do you have a little card that you're when someone asks you this, you just read those? No, no. All my all my notes are are just blank. <laughs> oh. And then, uh, so the material and CLI both got name changes, right? I think uh, Mike's going to talk a little bit more at the end of the show with his picks, more about the CLI-specific stuff. But um, I think those got library name changes. Yeah, the, or I, I think Angular Material is still Angular Material. Or before. Well, it, was, it was Angular Material 2. Oh, OK. Now it's Angular Material. Um, but the, the CLI is actually a pretty big <laughs> one. Isn't that a conflict of name? What's that? Isn't that a conflict of naming? Material two, but it's just Angular. No, no, it was oh, Angular Material two. Now it's Angular Material. Oh, yeah. Um, but the, the CLI is actually a, a bigger deal because um, people that were using the CLI previously, they need to uninstall that package. So you do npm uninstall dash g uh, Angular dash CLI. Um, so we move from dash CLI now we're at Angular slash CLI, so that you you know it's coming from the same source as the rest of Angular. Um, it's it's nice and consistent. And now it's just npm install dash g at Angular slash CLI. And now Angular, it's capital A Angular space capital C capital L capital I. Oh, the name. Right, instead of a kabob. yes, the, br the branding name is capital A Angular, and then all caps CLI. No more kebabs for us. All right. <laughs> All right, so let's talk uh, some conference news here. Uh, NG Vikings just went off, right? Uh, There's a huge amount of Twitter information out there. That was pretty pretty exciting. I was kind of jealous that I wasn't over there. It looked like you guys were all having a good time. Um, Tracy, maybe you can give some information on that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Angular conferences these days are just all the friends hanging out. So um, we all got together and did another conference. Uh, it was great. I spoke about Angular Material. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, Uri gave a talk about NG Beacon. I always I got a beacon. It has a heat sink in it, which is pretty cool. Um, and so he'll be giving those talks uh, this year as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, we had a lot of really good talks. I mean, I hate to lean towards Uri's talks, but Chris gave a talk about RxJS. Chris Noren gave a talk about RxJS. Um, but I think what was more most special for this conference out of any other conference I've been to is that the office hours were a little bit different. I don't know why. Maybe it was just because I hung out there more or something. But I actually got to pair with four different people on four different things during office hours. So um, Wasim taught me how to use Polymer web components in Angular 2, which I thought was really special. Um, Eric Haddad from the Firebase team was there. And he, sh he was showing us how to use Firebase and Angular. Um, so yeah, good event. Lots of new conferences coming in. They're going to be doing it next year as well. And I think they're going to put the videos up for that. Is that correct? Do you know? I know they did record them. I'm not sure when the actual videos are going up, but I'm pretty sure they're just processing things right now. OK, so they have a site, ngvikings.org. And probably can check that out or check out their Twitter handle to find out uh, when that content is going to be up and available. Hopefully it will be. So that looked pretty fun. Um, Angular Up uh, is around the corner uh, in Tel Aviv. I'm 
in June of 2017. I believe tickets are available for that conference. I think they were last year it was maybe around November, and so now they're doing it in June. Uh, I believe the call for papers proposals is available as well to talk there. So check that out. Um, that Tracy, one's going to be you... amazing. Yes, I spoke at that one last year. And um, so I think one thing that's really cool is that there's actually a lot of females in the audience. So I don't remember the exact number, but if I had maybe like 35, 40% of the people were female who were in the audience, which was amazing. Um, and uh, if you are a speaker there or if you're an attendee, they're going to be doing like a day trip or two day trips. So one includes um, getting on camels and riding through the desert. And this is all I've heard, so they might change it. But we also went to Jerusalem the last year and did a little tour. And then we also went to the Dead Sea. So it's a really special um, and unique conference because I think the opportunity to go to Tel Aviv and, and visit those things is, is not like any other conference that you go to. Cool. So yeah, definitely check that out. Um, and then of course, NGConf is right around the corner. Um, Dave Geddes, uh, one of the uh, organizers and MCs of that conference is actually, he has a, this uh, course that he put out uh, to learn Flexbox. Mike, a while back in a few shows, a while back as a pick, um, flexboxzombies.com. And he's actually uh, giving away two tickets, or three tickets total to um, NG Comp uh, if you subscribe and sign up for that course. It's a free course that he's launching now. Um, so definitely check that out. We'll, we'll tweet out about that after the show and so you can get that link as well. But um, if you want to go to NGConf and you don't have a ticket because uh, it's sold out, uh, that's a potential way to get a hold of one. So check that out. I believe right. also the top coders guys, um, Joe Eames, Dan Wallina, and John Papa are giving away a halfway ticket. Or sorry, half price ticket. <laughs> halfway. You don't halfway. Get we'll get you halfway from it. wherever you are to Utah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but if you check out one of their uh, Twitter handles, like Joe Eames, for example, or Dan Wallings, um, or John's, you'll find the link there where they're giving away half price tickets. Yeah, and I think both of those are uh, kind of just sign up things. I don't think you have to buy anything. So. Um, and we'll definitely we'll tweet that one out as well after after the show so that people can get a hold of that too. Uh, win your tickets. Come join us at NGConf. All right. Um, let's get started with Contributor Days. Let's talk about this. So what is Contributor Days? Let's, let's start there. So Contributor Days started off with an idea of last year just looking at the stuff happening in TC39 and also the community um, having conversations about like including being included in conversations and 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 sort of wanting to feel more uh ownership towards basically everything going on in javascript i see this across all communities all javascript communities um and then also the whole idea of um like other open source frameworks and libraries working together and the collaboration that's needed to make these things happen so Contributor Days was sort of born out of that. And we just recently did ARC's Contributor Days. And that was a really special one. It was our first one. And what we ended up doing was inviting a little under 30 people into the room. And it was, so you can actually apply at contributordays.com um, for the Angular one that's coming up. 
but what we did was we we sent out um, a call for people who might want to be in on this conversation who have contributed to open source and might want to contribute to RxJS and also invited a bunch of consumers of RxJS. So uh, from the Angular team, for example, we had Rob and Igor um, who were present. And we also had Slack as a big consumer of RxJS. So we had them in the room as well. And then Facebook's new Clyde project is one of the largest consumers of that. So we had them in the room and then a bunch of core contributors like um, Jay Phelps, Paul Taylor, Andre Stoltz, etc. And the conversation really revolved around like what, what happened in 2016. They're going through some really big um, changes like thinking about a new architecture and really like it's important right when the core team thinks about these types of things to include the people who are actually consuming it. So it was really cool to hear the conversations between, you know, Igor and Ben talking about, okay, like, how is this going to affect this? You know, like the zones was brought up, for example. Um, but yeah, so, so that's basically what happened. And it was also a call for people who maybe hadn't contributed to RxJS who were in the room to say like, oh, here's how I can pitch in. So we had some hack sessions afterwards and, um, a lot of really cool things were accomplished with that. So our next one is uh, Stephen and I have been collaborating for Angular Contributor Days. And we just sent out a bunch of invitations to folks and you can still apply on the website. So I know there's a little bit of a different vision. Maybe Stephen can talk about that, of like what we're trying to accomplish with that. Sure, no, and I mean, I, I think it's it's kind of, the goal is everything that Tracy said, um, but we we obviously have our own take on, on things. Um, and so what's a little bit different for us, we're doing it the day after ng-conf um, because ng-conf serves as a, a way for a lot of people in the Angular community to kind of come together at the same time and listen and learn from each other. Um, and so because we already had a lot of the same people in one city, for which is a very rare opportunity for us, um, we want to take advantage of that as, as best as possible and get some of the key contributors to both Angular and to the, the Angular ecosystem together um, working together. Um, for my perspective, it's the kind of the format and the content. It's all about taking a day to talk about the, the state, um, the, the vision, the problems, the opportunities, um, and really kind of the, the future of Angular and the Angular ecosystem. And I, I always say Angular and the Angular ecosystem because it's, it's not just about Angular. It's not just about the, the framework or the, the platform that the work team is working on, but the, the reason, for example, if you look back to AngularJS, the reason it was so successful is because it had such a great ecosystem, right? You, you knew that you could find um, libraries and tools to, to do any of the kind of cool advanced things you were um, trying to take advantage of. Um, and we feel like the same thing is going to happen with Angular, is already happening with Angular um, because of we, we already have this great community and this great ecosystem of people that are working together and iterating. Um, so that, that's part of kind of the, the day. Um, and then there, there's really a second piece that I think Tracy is a really good uh, almost evangelist for, which is how do we take the conversations and the ideation processes that happen within these kind of major open source projects and how do you share that with the world and share kind of the passion, the motivations and the process behind that with the world. And so this idea that, um, well, it's gonna be a small, very, very small group of people that can actually participate in the event and in the day um, we we do want to share that with the world because 
fundamentally the world is our ecosystem, right? We, we are only successful because of the, the thousands and millions of developers out there. Yeah, so we will be recording the event and um, creating a little video so that people can see sort of like the key points, right? We wouldn't want to put you guys through an eight-hour video of sloshing. <laughs> but but we will be we'll be releasing the ARCs contributed aids ones um, in a few weeks, so you guys will be able to get a look and and see what that's all about. But the Angular one will happen a few weeks after. Um, I think another thing that really excited me about Angular contributed aids was the the idea that you know you have so many people working on cool things, right? Like you have people working on the CLI, you have people working on IoT initiatives, you have people working on like AOT, mobile, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody's doing cool stuff, but there's not a really good opportunity where people, like, everybody can hear what everybody's doing and then get in the same room and figure out how to cross-collaborate with that and just sort of, like, be more powerful as one. So I think that's one really special thing that Angular is going to be able to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a very unique position being a developer advocate in that I, I hear a lot of these things. Um, and sometimes it's surprising how similar a lot of the, the challenges that people were running into. Um, me uh, to give an example, like Austin was sharing uh, some bug or some challenge that he was running into this morning. I'm like, we know about that one. We heard about that one three times yesterday because some other um, person was having it. And, and it's not always just like one group, right? So library vendors, they have problems uh, all of their own, right? If you're building a, a library, a component uh, catalog to be used in Angular, you're going to have very specific problems. But there, there's often unique overlaps with the problems that, for example, big companies have, right? Because they're, they're not publishing libraries out to the world, but they are republishing them internally, and they want them to be modular and testable and have good versioning and things like that. And so there, there can be some kind of unique and interesting overlap between these different groups that don't often interact. So um, would you say that like the, the contributor days are really getting a collection of the people that are currently contributing to these libraries together in one spot to really discuss and, and meet up and, and do that sort of thing, more so than, say, bringing in new people that are saying, I want to contribute. How do I contribute? I, I would say maybe, in, in terms of you can share your perspective, I'd say probably 70% people that are already involved in some way in the ecosystem, and then 30% um, other people. But the, the fundamental thing there, for me at least, is how do we cross-pollinate, right? So you're, you're contributing in this little silo, right? I'm building uh, a tool that does X. And then you can think, oh, wow, I could have an impact on these major companies, or I could contribute out back to Core Angular or to the CLI. And you could see different ways that we could integrate these things better in new ways. I think it's also about um, it's... So it's, it's definitely not a... I've never contributed, I want to contribute, but it's very much about I have done prolific open source contributions in React or Vue or something, and I'd like to start contributing to Angular, and we want to find um, those types of people, right? Yeah. Because the learnings that they can bring are quite interesting as well. The more diverse the voices we can get and the perspectives and the opinions, the, the more we're all going to learn. Okay, so if I'm like, I'm not a contributor, and I'm just looking at this, and I'm like interested in RxJS, right, and the project itself, maybe I'm interested in the direction that it's going, like, would you say me as a viewer would want to consume this 
content about this contributor days to, to kind of see what's going on in the meeting and, and I would be learning like the direction of the platform and the framework and stuff like that or would there be other things that I'm as a user would be benefiting from you know um, viewing the contributor days content being a fly on the wall that sort of thing I mean I think that the I think what 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 the video is really going to help um, is help people understand why the decisions are made, right? Like, I think sometimes there's something about just humanness and and empathy and um, being involved. And I think sometimes, like, let's say TC39 is very closed type um, process, right? And so us externally, when we look at things like TC39, we and decisions are made, a lot of times I think the community doesn't feel like those decisions were made for them and doesn't understand why those decisions were made. And I think this happens across any, like, Angular, React, Ember, whatever, right? Like, if the, if the process is not transparent, then, you know, you sort of feel like, what the F? Why did this happen? So we're hoping that things like contributor days, like Angular contributor days, for example, are going to be able to provide um, some insight into that, right? And and uh, also hopefully help the community feel more um, attached, or not, not attached, but uh, what do you, like, you can talk to these people. They're people. It's okay to reach out to Steven or, or Igor or Mishko or Jules or, or Rob or anybody else and um, talk to them about these things, right? Like you understand who people are and, and why why they care, right? I don't know, Stephen, what do you think? Oh, that was I, like warm and fuzzy. I, I, always hear, <laughs> I always hear that list and I, I almost cringe because from many perspective, it's, it's not about us, right? Like yeah. I want people talking to, to Mike. I want people talking to, to like everybody, right? Like yeah. we build a, a whole community where uh, it's, it's relatively flat and equal and anyone can help anyone, right? I also think it's really cool, like, um, when we're initially discussing Angular Contributor Day, Stephen wanted to invite some of these, uh, you were talking about just, like, these these really cool companies that people don't know about that are using Angular and getting their perspective. Yeah, yeah, so uh, there's there's a, a bunch of companies using Angular, but some of them are, are I'll say, more advanced than others. <laughs> um, so, like, I was talking to, to one company who, who we sent an invite to, and we'll, we'll see if they can make it, but they... They're a .NET shop, right? Like 100% .NET. Everyone uses Visual Studio. They're using TFS for source control. And they've adopted Angular wholeheartedly. And so they, they have this really advanced system of integrations with Visual Studio. And they're using like gulp tasks to, to build any of your dependent modules. So it goes and gets the latest version from source control and then builds your dependencies. And that's available for you as you're building um, any individual app or any individual component. And it was like, oh, wow, that, that's a very different way that I think most JavaScript developers don't think about. And so understanding kind of the the variety of, of experiences that developers have, that, that can help you think better about the, your own challenges. Have you considered the approach with contributor days of having potentially too many voices in the room? That at that point it would just be noise coming from so many different directions versus <laughs> a flow yeah, of conversation. Yeah, absolutely, because I mean, if, if we didn't have contributor day, we have that today, right? We have a thousand voices all trying to, to get heard and, and but they don't necessarily see each other right um, 
So when we first put the, the plan together, we said, okay, how do we keep it under 20 people? And then we, we needed, like, we're like, oh, we got to invite these other people. So I, I hope that at the end of the day, it ends up being between 20 and 30 people. Um, but everyone we've invited has said, oh, can I also bring this person? Can I also bring this person? And I, I'm sure Tracy's already gotten a, a ton of people uh, submitting online to, to kind of uh, join from, from other communities. So it, it's going to be really hard. And I, I feel terrible about all the people that can't be in the room. But it, it's exactly what you said about how if, if everyone was there, it's, it's kind of like the situation we have now and it's hard to be heard. So I, I, if this goes well, I'm sure we'll be doing it again and we'll want kind of uh, to mix up the, the attendees so that more people can contribute and uh, right. get a wider variety of perspectives again. I yeah. Real quick, uh, so in order to get more voices heard though as well, uh, to possibly drive conversation without possibly even being in the room, is there a way to uh, submit different topics or ideas uh, ahead of time, so that how would one go about doing that? Thought about this and talked about this a little bit. I, I don't think we have a good answer for that yet, just okay. because of when you mix real time in in person collaboration with online, um, the, the online definitely becomes a second class citizen, and I, I wouldn't want to do that to to anyone. Yeah, it gets a little. I'm actually really glad we're not doing remote for Angular contributor days because. The RX one, it was good for people to be in the room, but it also sucked. If, if you have a great idea for, <laughs> for people, days, let's talk. Well, yeah. I, I'm not even thinking like a real time thing, but just ahead of time of all right, um, maybe one thing to consider is this potential direction um, as a possible topic uh, to be brought up that somebody could go th through and digest into maybe a smaller list of potential talking points ahead of time. Yes. Not so much the real-time collaboration with online. Yeah, maybe. Um, it would feel weird because if you don't have that person in the room, it's hard to, to represent that need. Um, but, but that's definitely something to explore. Just a thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a, like some confusion there in terms of end users like thinking about, okay, do I sign up for contributor days? Like there's a sign up, right? Who, who signs up for it? It sounds like it's, it's people that are part of this core contributing group or companies that maybe want to be a part of this discussion, right? They would look and say, I want to sign up for contributor days. And then there's this other subset of like, oh, I want to hear what's going on there. So I don't really need this. I don't sign up as an individual for contributor days, but I just monitor that content so I can see what came out of it, right? Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, this is not isolated, right? Like this, this is not the one chance to, for people to get their voices heard, I, I think. We, we always want to be listening. We always want to be engaging with everybody. Yeah. So then if, if, let's say, I at my company were doing something that we really want, you know, it'd be better if we could have something a certain way. Like, how would we, just like what Mike's saying, like, how would we get our voice heard when we're not really going to sign up for contributor days, but how could we pass that along? What would be the most effective way to do that, to get our topic, talking point addressed in maybe there or some other avenue? I would actually take that, that question outside the context of contributor day because I, I hope, and I think kind of part of our mission is, um, so, so both Rob and I, our roles are designed to be very public facing and, and engaged with the community. So I would say reach out to Rob or myself um, and make sure that we're hearing kind of your, your goals and, and what your needs are. Because um, while we may not be able to act on all of that, it, it's good insight, right? So, so we have to 
help kind of explain what the community is seeing and hearing and frustrated about and happy about. Um, so the more input we get, the, the better. Although I do have to say, we might not be able to act on all the feedback. <laughs> so what's your phone number now? What's your cell phone number? <laughs> six five no. <laughs> six five no. <laughs> but you can follow him on Twitter, Stephen Fluen at Stephen Fluen. Yeah. <laughs> Cool, and at least you'll get us pointed in the right direction of where to go next, so at least there's that, right? And then, I mean, Rob and I, we, we actively do try and be out in the community, so I mean, you're gonna see us at conferences and things like that, and so don't be afraid to come up to us and introduce yourself or say hi. You won't bite, right? Okay, so. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. Okay, so RxJS, like that was, I mean, it's, it's pretty, Vast, right, and what it does, right? But you kind of, it's kind of focused. So now we're talking about the Angular one coming up, and there's a lot of things under the Angular umbrella, right? How are you guys going to handle tackling when it's so broad? Yeah, that that's definitely one of the the fundamental challenges. So even though this is, uh, oh, I'm losing light here. Okay. Even though every company and every contributor takes a very different position in the marketplace. I'm, I'm doing a gross over general generalization and saying there's things that Angular depends on and Angular developers depend on, like RxJS, right? Like we use that. Um, we use things like uh, TypeScript. Um, and so we, we want to have representation from things that we're dependent on. Um, and then there's things that are built on top of us. So that, that can take the form of, of logic <laughs> components, um, things like that. But there, there's also, um, it, it's almost funny to say, but there's a growing set of almost frameworks being built on top of Angular that, that make it fit for a specific purpose of like, I'm not just building a web application, I'm building a web application that does X, right? And so there, there's almost frameworks being built on top of Angular, which is kind of an interesting concept. Um, and then there's, there's people um, just out in the community that are, are doing kind of advanced strategies and uh, other techniques. So things like uh, Apollo or Meteor, how do we, uh, leverage data better within Angular, right? or um, those sorts of things. So once again, a growth over simplification of the, the kind of various players in the ecosystem. So do you have an outline right now of the topics that you guys are planning to discuss and tackle? So we, we've actually left it relatively open. So one of the, the first things on the agenda is set the agenda. <laughs> um, because we fundamentally do want it to be based on the people that are there, the people that can that have a voice and, and want to say, hey, this is what I, I feel like needs to be addressed. And then people can say, oh, yeah, me too. Um, so I, we, we have a, a really rough agenda, but nothing that should I think we'll probably just be whiteboarding it out. Like, that's kind of what we did at um, RX Contributor Days. We sort of had an idea of the different things that we wanted to tell people about. So in the beginning, the Angular team will say, hey, you know, here, here's the upcoming things that are happening, or just sort of give a little conversation starter. And then after that, based on that conversation, then everybody will have a chance to say, like, okay, here's, like, the XYZ number of things we want to talk about, and then be able to actually um, discuss those things, right? Like, maybe everybody has problems with zones. I'm just teasing because of you and Austin's conversation. <laughs> He's like, is zones going away? I'm like, no. I didn't say no. that. I didn't say <laughs> zones going away. I said, I wish they would. 
right, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, like one of the, the things that's on, on the agenda that's really important, and this kind of goes back to your questions, I think it was, it was Mike who was asking this, was how do we communicate better? Right, how do we establish two-way communication more broadly and more effectively so that um, there, there's more signal to the noise, right? Because if, if you just look across Twitter, there's like a, a thousand tweets, both positive and negative and questioning, like people that are confused or, or need help building things. Um, and so we, we try and absorb the, the meaning and the, the kind of impact of those things. But the more help we can get from the community to say, hey, this is what's important, this is what's not important, or this is what should come later, uh, that, that would be super awesome. And then how can we can more effectively tell people about these things? Um, a great example of that was um, the Angular CLI, right? We changed the name. Um, you'd see that via the packaging changes. So if you try and install the old thing, it's going to say, hey, go use the new thing. Um, and we tweeted about it. But I'm sure there's still thousands of developers that don't know we did that to the CLI. Um, and then how do we help them understand not only what we did, but kind of why we did it if, if they care? Because some people care, some people don't. I think what's also really exciting about um, Contributed A's and the Angular team doing this is that, you know, I, I like for me, I like to bring people together. And I think having people, having interesting people in a room together is really beneficial. And I love to see that type of collaboration. But the willingness for um, frameworks and libraries like Rx, like uh, React like Angular. Um, we've talked about doing a Webpack one. We've talked about GraphQL. Uh, uh, the the willingness for core teams to actually say like, yes, we want to bring people together. Yes, we want to um, help be more visible in the community and make sure that the community has a voice. You know, really says a lot to uh, the collaboration and sort of like the openness of the Angular community. So is this like an uh, on-prem sprint planning meeting for the most part, or is there actual code getting committed, anything like that? I, I think that would be awesome, but I, I don't think it will be. Um, I would almost say that this is pre-input to, uh, we don't do sprint planning meetings like that, but I, I see that being input not only to us, but to other people, right? Like if we have someone from the CLI there, like, hey, what are you guys going to do different or, or what? hey, is there a feature you need to add or a use case you haven't considered that you can do something differently with? So I, I kind of look at it as the, the input that kind of everyone that's there and kind of everyone at home, if they wanted to, can then go take and use as input to their next sprint planning meeting. At Arx Contributor Days, um, we did have about three hours to hack. We'll probably have a little less time to hack um, at Angular Contributor Days. Like we're thinking maybe two hours or so. But what... I, I thought the coolest thing about our contributor days was that everybody sort of from those conversations had an idea of, hey, I can help do this, hey, I can help do this. And because everybody themselves is such a self-starter, during the hack sessions, everybody just took to it. And like you could see the groups form of the different people, things that people were excited about. And then they just, um, whether they whiteboarded things out and then you know submitted a bunch of PRs for it, or issues, or um, we're actually working on like specific things. That was that was really 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 cool to see. So, do you feel like it accelerated that 
that workflow for you guys at that given time say like we, oh, we yeah. got this isolated time we actually knocked through a whole bunch of stuff that normally takes us a longer amount of time just because we brought everybody together oh my god yes i mean i think the biggest thing like one of the biggest complaints for rxjs is the documentation and the whole like rxjs4 versus rxjs5 and then the idea of okay well with docs then i think one of the big stoppers was what kind of docs, right? Like, how do people learn? Um, the, uh, Rob brought up the um, the cookbook, the Angular cookbook, and you know he he was even saying for the Angular the, the Angular docs, like some people love it and some people hate it because some people like the fact that it's verbose and some people hate the fact and just want to like read through different things. So I think what um, the contributors at Arcs Contributor Days did was sort of decide that there should be like three different types and then decide on which one should be first. And then like, okay, like each example, for example, should have these three different ways to help like different people who are learning differently. But like, that's huge, right? I mean, I've been hearing about the docs issue for at least the past year and to actually have a whiteboarded out and actually have a plan is, is really big for the community. Yeah, and that's really at the heart of the benefit of bringing people together, right, is this chance to get different views and different thoughts all at once versus your isolated silo of, of thinking about solving these problems. And as soon as you get a bunch of people together, different views, then all of a sudden these different answers and, and possibilities come out in a quick amount of time and, and really lead to a better whatever it is that you're building, right? And especially people who have been looking for ways to contribute or maybe have been working on, you know, something else to realize that like, oh, I've done this before, I can pump, pump this out really quickly. Um, that, I think that's like really powerful as well. So how do you think uh, in any project here, like the RxJS, Angular, all this stuff, like how do you balance, uh, we talked about earlier that you've got this specific shop that's dealing with .NET stuff and they have this unique build system that they're doing, right? Like how do you support those unique cases as well as this generalized application solution, right? Because I think like a lot of people, you know, our company included, we're looking and we're going, there's the way we certainly do these things and, and we need a little bit more functionality. How do we get influence into saying, you know, we think this is beneficial. Could you put that in your framework so that we could take advantage of it and still get all the other goodness that you guys are giving us that we like out of the box, right? Um, and I know that's obviously a challenge with people going, you know, is this a unique case versus that? But um, I mean, is there a, a way for that? Or how do you guys approach that? The Angular philosophy is to be very opinionated. So we are gonna say, hey, this is what we use. This is what we like uh, for kind of all parts of the stack, the development workflow. Um, but do that in a way that doesn't eliminate freedom. And, and Rob actually told me about a really interesting example of this yesterday where he was, he was just playing around with swapping out different of the internal pieces of Angular where because we use dependency injection, you can actually swap out like really core bits of Angular. And the, the example he gave was platform ref. You can inject your own platform in Angular, which was like, wait, why would you want to do that? Now, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but we've left it open for you to, to have the freedom and the flexibility to do that. that so, 
Yeah, I think, I mean, like in terms of the of Angular as a platform, right, and its dependency injection, it allows certain things like that. But then like something like the CLI, right? And the CLI is very opinionated in the way that it does these things. Um, and so you get this large benefit, I think, from the community gets a huge benefit out of it handling the build process for you, that all these things that you don't have to deal with, right, for your project and get you up and going fast. But then what about the cases where you want to, you know, use that? Like for us, we, we use it with like 98% of the things that it does is exactly what we want. We don't have to have to deal with it. But there is some customization that we need to do to kind of pull off some of the things we're doing. You know, um, Mike, Mike do you, you want to jump in and talk a little bit about what's going on there? I don't want to be flexible at all. Just uh, the way it is is the way it is. <laughs> it would be beautiful to be able to say that. Unfortunately, that's not always the option. Um, but to your point, one of the main things that uh, people have complained about with the CLI in particular is the build pipeline that the CLI internalizes that entire process right now. Um, and we're looking into ways to expose that currently. Um, either wholeheartedly or different ways to tap into the existing system, um, all different types of options uh, of how to get into the build system uh, for customization. And then if you make it completely and utterly flexible, then it's kind of hard to stick to the rigidity of what the CLI was intended to do, which was to give you a direction of how to build an Angular application. So it's try trying to weigh those different things uh, within an application. Do, do you want to um, talk about the alleged eject button? Yeah, I, I, I was alluding to that. So uh, without specifically mentioning it, but uh, yeah, that's one thing that is uh, being looked into hopefully to get in the next uh, release or two. Uh, so it would be a way of taking the build process that it, the CLI uses and extracting it from the CLI and putting it into the project uh, for customization and users or developers to change their own build process once it's already in their project. So, so to me, what this means is that a lot of, of teams are, are almost afraid of using the CLI because there's a level of lock in there. Um, one of the ideas behind the eject button, if we can pull it off, is that anyone should be able to adopt the CLI now and try it. Because if at any point you, you need to go and fine tune your, you need to go flip some bits in your weird config, you can do that by leaving the CLI. And it, it, it's a one way transition, but it, it makes it easier and more flexible to start. And would that be something where we could still leverage what the CLI is doing and just tweak it a bit? Or if we hit that eject, are we on our own to? copy that copy paste what it's doing in order to do our own I, that's the idea is that are you're basically saying hey the build process you're providing isn't handling the situation that i need there's one particular case that I, isn't being met I, whatever that may be whether or not it's a new style loader or anything else or css preprocessor or something else that the cli is not handling or maybe some pre-task post-task whatever um it's the idea of saying, all right, well, give me that build process, and then I'll tweak it to uh, my end, in which case the CLI is like, all right, cool. You've got your build process. Um, I'll still generate things for you. I'll still be able to uh, so do other things for you, um, mostly the generations. Um, but the other piece there that's interesting 
is that, all right, fine, if we're giving out the build process and you're owning that, then the other integration points of how to do your end-to-end test run. How do we tap into your build process to be able to run uh, unit tests or end-to-end tests uh, as part of a disconnected build process? So there's other aspects, not just, hey, go ahead, you can own your build, but does that is that reflected with both or all aspects of what building is, not just uh, compiling into a dist folder? Is this going to mean like no more Webpack, or are you going to be exposing Webpack, or what does that kind of mean? So uh, the Angular CLI is built intentionally as a black box because what what's nice about that is if you stay on the, the CLI, you you don't care whether it's Webpack under the hood. You don't care if we switch that at some point in the future, and you'll benefit from that in the long term because with the the ES6 module loading standards that are are coming all of the module bundlers have to fundamentally change. And so there, there's real advantages to just staying on what we give you in the CLI because like, that, that's what developers love most about the CLI is they don't have to worry about the stuff the, under the hood. I think the other thing that kills me just coming from the Ember community is um, hearing that, like, and you know, maybe I don't know, the idea that large companies maybe are working on issues or have projects that can't accommodate the CLI. Um, because I think one of the one of the biggest values of the CLI is that you, well, number one, the setup, but also because it's conventional and because everything is done a certain way, then when other people come onto your team, you don't have to spend so much time ramping them up, right? Like, the imports and the exports are named the same, right? Like the components are named the same. Like you know where everything is in your your app, right? Like those types of things make it so easy for people not to have to spend like months and months and months trying to figure out how a project is set up before they can actually even get produ productive on That's job security. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can go build a framework that's really complicated and then maintain that <laughs> just for job security, which right. many people do, right? Like I, I've seen every company uh, I've worked with at some level has this urge of like, we've got to build it ourselves instead of using what's standard and open source. I think a lot of the challenges right now is that the CLI has these configurations that are kind of hard-coded in a file. And so now you, when you run your environments, they run what that fixed file is, right? Yep. And uh, I was talking with a coworker this morning, and, and he was talking about the fact that it would be nice if you could also expose those for the dynamic runtime. So when you actually say, okay, I'm ready to serve this environment, and I could pass all these flags if I want to to kind of replace the config values so that now I have this power to do some of these tweaks that I need. And I think... I mean, like for us in our shop, it's something that we run into is like the CLI does, again, like 98% of the things we want it to do out of the box, perfect. We don't want to deal with this stuff. But there's some things that we just need to tweak a bit and we can't. But yet if we could, then that'd be perfect, right? It'd be perfect harmony. And, and so I think maybe that's some of the fear of like, okay, the structure, the foundation, the, the, the patterns, those are all things I want, right? It's just when those patterns run, I want to have a little bit of control over that. And, and this, the eject button uh, will solve that in the short term. And then in the long term, if we ever are able to add a, a plug-in or an add-on system, that might help too. But that, that's long, long term. 
Yeah, and, and that's definitely the goal. Um, so with the eject button, the other aspect, um, we ta I talked about the idea of other implications uh, throughout what the CLI offers, but also you may want to eject because the CLI is not doing something that you need right now, but down the road in the future that the CLI may handle that case. So also providing a way of unejecting, what do we call that, injecting? Well, at least it's CLI injector, which <laughs> I mean, what's kind of funny about it's a, it's a rejector. Yeah, like, re, like rejecting, but that's uh, But what's, what's actually funny about the CLI and just Angular in general is the code can actually be rather isolated from the build system. And so I, I've actually done this myself a few times where I'll take a project, like I'll take the app modules and all the components and all the services and pipes and kind of all the things that are Angular. And I just put them in a different seed, or I just put them in, uh, in or out of the CLI, and it kind of just works. It, it's, right. I'm always surprised when that works, but it, it worked very well. And that was one of the things that we were very cognizant of. So when we moved to Webpack, we didn't want, just because your component has uh, CSS associated with that or HTML, we didn't want the requirements statements built in there, because that may not work in other build systems that are not Webpack. So we kind of uh, created a few loaders that would do that type of other resources loading those in or requiring those in without actually having the uh, the build tool specific code as part of your code base. Cool. So then, um, you know, in terms of in general, like it, it, you got this contributor days going on, like. Do we, at different companies, if we want to get our voices heard, do we contact our representative and, and get some you know, input out there? Or like, how would you suggest people go about, like? I think you should just like, apply. Do you try and get the majority, or what? Just apply. Just apply for contributor days, and then just like in the questions, um, there's a lot of questions of like, why do I want to, whatever. You should just submit all your questions, submit everything of why, you feel like you should be in the room, et cetera. And then I think what that'll also do too is if we can't, I mean, since we can't invite everybody, right, it'll at least provide great feedback for the Angular team to say like, whoa, like I should probably reach out to this person for this, right, things like that. Like I know Steven gets excited about um, hearing about large companies who are using Angular and always wants to know more about those people. So if you are a large company, you should totally be reaching out to Stephen and being like, hey, we use Angular. And just like, it's good to just have a conversation and, you know, hear cool things, right? It's, it's cool for both parties. But yeah. I mean, Angular is open source. We, we have a huge community. Give a talk, uh, file a bug, write a design doc and share it with your friends. I mean, this, this, you don't necessarily, it's, there's a lot you can do without our acknowledgement or permission to be a valuable part of the community. What, what if somebody's super ambitious and excited? Should they be making a PR and hopefully get it approved? Or would you caution and say, look, don't go down that road, try and bring up competition Before first. you do a PR, because uh, now even the internal team has to write design docs before we can do anything. So write a design doc, and we can give feedback. We can say, yes, this is we'd love this, or hey, no, did you think about these other use cases and things like that? So. And I, and I think even before that, um, before even jumping into a design doc or PR, create an issue. Validate the idea before spending uh, a lot of your brain cycles or time typing up a full design document for something that may not be valuable uh, to the majority. 
or ask stupid questions on the internet. It'll be fine. <laughs> right? There, there are no stupid questions. Yeah. Ask questions. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I know I do that sometimes. Like, it's funny because sometimes I'll write these blog. I was I was writing Angular Material blog posts because I was I was going through everything and um, totally random guy was like, "Hey, yeah, I wrote this article on Angular Material as well." And then as I was going through and dealing with some of the component issues, I was like, "You know what? Screw it!" And I just started DMing him questions, and it was uh, it was really helpful. So. There yeah. are no stupid questions. Plus one for ask questions. Yes. yes. Questions are, they show, they're a sign of strength, not weakness. Yes. There you go. There you go. All right, we're getting to the top of the hour, so let's wrap this thing up. So um, this just contributed. Day. So when, when is the Angular one? I believe it is April 8th. Yes. The day after NGConf. Mm -hmm. OK, and so you need to be in Utah for that, right? Be able to be there. Cool. And you can sign up at? ContributorDays.com. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, let's get to picks. So uh, Austin, you got any picks? Uh, <clears throat> so the only thing, um, the NGConf uh, presenters were announced. And uh, there's an awesome set of lists uh, up there, Brocky, uh, myself. A lot of different people. Um, I'll be there. You, yeah, I can't even remember them all. Um, <laughs> so go and check that out. See, uh, you know, start looking at what talks you might want to see, etc. You know, you could just look at the little squares at the bottom there and just name everybody off. That would work too. <laughs> like everyone's speaking edgy comp. <laughs> all right, Mike, what do you got? Uh. I will uh, say, so uh, to continue on Austin's point about the NGCon speakers, I am actually speaking there as well. But surprisingly enough, I am not speaking about the CLI. Uh, so if you, if you see me there and you want to talk about the CLI, feel free. I'm always uh, willing to chat about that. Uh, right? Uh, yeah, I've given a different type of talk there. Um, my one take <laughs> I am talking about the using directives to alleviate some of the behaviors from your components to make your components a little bit lighter by moving that logic into directives. I think directives are underused uh, in Angular. Um, so my other pick is, well, my first pick was going to be the CLI name change from Angular-CLI to at Angular slash CLI. But I think we've covered the CLI quite a bit <laughs> throughout the show. Um, and then I wanted to say that uh, beta 31 is out. And we are getting close to a release candidate of the CLI as well as we uh, approach uh, also the release candidate for Angular 4. And those are my picks. Cool. Steven, got anything? Oops, it was near there. Sure, I've got three really quick ones, just things because I haven't been on for so long. I've got these cool things that I love sharing. Uh, first one's Flexbox Froggy. So I think someone said Flexbox Zombies, and I definitely want to check that one out. Um, but this is, it, it trains you on some of the basics of Flexbox, um, as well as some of the more advanced techniques. Like, I didn't know you could do like flow reverse or whatever. Um, then there's uh, Todd Motto has a fantastic GitHub repo called Public APIs, where if you're ever doing a demo, he's got a list of like several hundred um, APIs that you can just pull in relatively easily um, to, to demo something or to, to aggregate data. 
uh, and like he accepts pull requests so that people are building that out all the time. Uh, and then the last one really quick, because I'm a big movie buff, so there's this uh, site called realorfake3d.com, which lists whether or not they filmed the movie in 3D or whether it was like done at, like after the fact in post-processing. Because I, I refuse to pay for a 3D movie that wasn't filmed in 3D because it's totally not the same experience. So this has a list of like, hey, this year, here's all the fake 3D movies and here's all the real 3D movies. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I'll check that out. All right, Tracy, what do you got? So I just at Angular, wait, which one was it? NG Vikings. I got a an NG beacon. Right here, you have like the on off button. You have the heat sink right here, the battery, and then the the cute little. I don't. Is it? I think it's an Arduino. Yeah, right here. Um. So Uri like hand soldered this so far, but if you go to NG, if you just search NG Beacon on. Twitter, you can see how to make one and what this actually does. Um, and he has a website where you can actually configure it. But it's like the coolest, like this stuff really excites me. And then my other pick is um, the stuff that Alex Castillo has been doing for Neuro JavaScript. If you look up Neuro JavaScript and you really want to contribute to something amazing, he's working on basically JavaScript and um, this thing called OpenBCI. So if you want, if you're, you know, writing JavaScript and want to actually make an impact on the medical industry, like check that stuff out. And then our next ARCs workshop with me and Ben Lush is happening March 3rd, I believe, in person in the Bay Area. So if you want to check that out, come hang out with us. We don't buy it either. <laughs> Very cool. Very good. Is Yuri going to be on the cruise? Yes. I've actually bunked him and Alex together because, like, I figured that'd be really awesome. But, yeah, the cruise is going to have a lot of time just for hacking. Like, it's going to be so amazing. I mean, first off, we're all stuck on a boat together. So I can guarantee you I will be pairing with everybody. And all the cruise attendees should really use the opportunity to be able to do that, right? Like, uh, Mike, Justin, you guys will be there, so... If you want to just grab these people and you know like you might find you can you can follow Mike back, back to his room with CLI requests like no problem yeah I, I, I already <laughs> joked that my wife's gonna take away my room key <laughs> there you go there you go all right well I got one pick and it's a uh, um, how to do the Star Wars crawl text in CSS so the CSS dash tricks Dot com website has a nice little write-up and examples of how to do that all in CSS. So Star Wars fans, get out there and check that out. All right, that's it for the show. Uh, next week, we've got, let's see what we got here coming up. we got some good stuff coming up. we got DI on the server that we're going to be talking about. we got an animation in Angular show, as well as web security in the pipe. So come back to us each and every week. All right, thanks to our guests, and thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, get out there and contribute, and check out through and influence people. All right, thanks. See ya.